everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Wind Radio Tower. the 500 in front from seconds on point. Third, the inside, rallying through Zoom Meteor, followed by Bow Rumble working home. Heroic Miss switching back towards the inside. Hatchet's running home as well. One from the outside, Renouf and Sailor's Secret right down the outside. And look at Viminelli saving ground the fence here. In front now is Heroic Miss from running home the inside. Viminelli wide round by Rumble and Hatchet, but in front, Heroic Miss from Viminelli. And Heroic Miss has won from Viminelli. Hatchet by Rumble, rejoiced and Renouf. And then we had Zoom Meteor followed by On Point. The $5 chance for Chris Munts there at the Sunshine Coast at the big meeting on Saturday. Tony Clements will elaborate on that. And Rob Luck, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Hello to you and good day, everyone. Welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news. And we play that one to say congratulations, Talia Fenlon, posting her very first Saturday Metropolitan winner at the Saturday Metro card at the Sunshine Coast at Corwell Park on Saturday. As Steve said, a $5 chance for uh, Chris Bunce. Heroic Miss was able to hold off the fast-finishing Viminelli. And well done, Tails, as she's nicknamed by many across country racing. And everyone knows the, the Talia Fenlon story. Great to be able to uh, congratulate Talia on her first Saturday Metro winner. Lots to talk about on the show today. Australia Day Racing at Kilcoy on Saturday with the Australia Day Cup going to best song, but unfortunately Mariba were washed out again. They lost their Boxing Day meeting, now they've lost their Australia Day meeting, but uh, Racing Queensland have given them a replacement card coming up on February 24, so fingers crossed the weather will be a little bit kinder uh, in a month's time. The King Island Carnival in Tasmania wrapped up on the weekend. We'll talk about that with Duncan Dornoff this morning and also look towards the Kangaroo Island Carnival in South Australia. Tim Edwards will join us with President Mark Turner very soon, but joining us first up, as always on board, Peter's Rob Black. G'day, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, listeners. And uh, great to see Talia Fenland kicking home that first Saturday Metropolitan winner, Tony, uh, for Chris Munts. Of course, her mid first midweek meeting uh, winner came with Chris Munts on Tiger Tie back on the 17th of January. And she's a young lady going places, isn't she, Tony? She's made the... The bold move to the uh, the metropolitan level now after doing um, service to the, of course, provincial and country areas, uh, biding the time, um, just measuring the steps slowly and getting there. And uh, great to see the results she's gaining. I'm sure she's going to be well sought after down the track, Tony. Yeah, it won't take long, I'm sure, to uh, wipe out some of that three kilo claim out at the moment. But uh, once the uh, the floodgates open, uh, hopefully there's plenty more on the way. As I mentioned, yeah, Rob, the... Uh, sorry, go on. I was going to say, um, you know, she's sort of following those footsteps of Vance Jones, isn't she? Um, you know, they don't all get to those sort of levels, but hard work can produce the results. And before we do go on, I must mention, uh, Steve brought up the story of Dubai Moon uh, with those wins on the weekend. Of course, Dubai Moon, in, intriguing horse for Frankie Stockdale, but Frankie had made a trip to uh, far north Queensland, north Queensland, and ended up basing himself at Longreach in about September 22. And that horse actually won in Longreach on uh, the 24th of September, backed up a week later, took the Junder Cup over 1,800, or the, sorry, the benchmark 60 at Junder over 1,800 metres. So Frankie had no qualms about travelling around with his horses. We got to know him pretty well there. And, of course, one very astute eagle-eyed punter in Longreach, Max, I won't mention your name, he had already messaged me as soon as he got that win on Saturday <laughs> and mentioned how much he had... Uh, the horse had won on um, on the Friday, backing up on the Saturday. So it's one of those uh, abilities the trainers can certainly put together on these country tracks, uh, Tony, and good to see Franking doing that down in Victoria. 
Hey, while we're talking about Longreach, well done uh, to uh, one of our good friends on the Bushbeat uh, family, Andrew Watts, who was uh, honoured with an Australia Day honour by the Longreach Regional Council at the Australia Day Awards on Friday, uh, not only for his work uh, in the racing circles around the area and with the Longreach Jockey Club, but also with 4LG and West FM and a, and a whole host of other activities that uh, I don't know where he finds the time to be able to do all of this, but uh, he's here, there and everywhere. And it was wonderful to see Watts honoured with that on the weekend. Yes, Citizen of the Year for Longreach. Uh, congratulations to Wattsy with that. A very well-deserved uh, award, not only for Longreach Base, but everything in the Central West. Not only racing too, but uh, the work with 4LG, extending with the uh, the sporting segments that he does. It goes uh, far and wide, and uh, yeah, very well-deserved. And uh, I'm sure the next time he's on Bushbeat, we'll remind him again and, <laughs> and uh, just congratulate him again, Tony. I mentioned that uh, the program at um, Mariba was uh, called off on on Friday on um, Australia Day. That was due to the uh, the wet weather and state of the track. They'd had plenty of rain leading up to it, and plenty more was expected. Something like 350 mils recorded in January, if you don't mind making the track unsuitable for racing. And they're also a little bit concerned at that stage on Thursday when the call was made uh, as to what uh, Cyclone Kiralee was going to do. Well, due to the abandonment, they did add a benchmark 60, they being Racing Queensland, and added a benchmark 60 handicap of 1,100 metres to the Innisfail meeting coming up this Saturday. Nominations for that close at 11 o'clock Queensland time this morning. And Mariba has been given a replacement meeting that's coming up for February 24. Uh, program details, of course, will be on the RQ website, but just in a nutshell, there's a benchmark 65 over 1210, benchmark 55, 1500 metres. There's a benchmark 50 of 900, benchmark 45 of 1210. Those are all $10,000 races and add on to it a cutest maiden plate, two-year-olds and upwards set weights over 1123 metres of $10,000 plus the cutest money added there. So third time's a charm. As I said, uh, the Boxing Day meeting got washed out, so did the Australia Day meeting, so hopefully February 24 will be all on target for Innisfar. But they did race at Kilcoy on Australia Day on Friday and best song took out the Australia Day Cup. Best song, Length and Eagles, drawn about a length clear of substitution. They're three in front of Mr. Bros and further back then came Heart of Marble, but the favourite in the Butler McDermott Lawyers Australia Day Cup has kicked away Best Song and it's home and hose, go find your bookie. There's only two to find and it's Best Song a long way in front, drawing clear, Best Song by four and a half. The bookies line was probably pretty long as much as there was only two to find. But yes, Justin Stanley combining there with Lee Wanless to take out the uh, Butler McDermott Lawyers Australia Day Cup, as Paul Dolan said in the call there, Rob. Yeah, and Justin Stanley, of course, uh, riding far and wide and uh, no surprise to see him kicking home this winner at Kilcoy on the weekend. It's very much a time-honoured meeting and great to see the celebrations of Australia Day <coughs> there at Kilcoy uh, on Saturday, and uh, Lee Wanless uh, he was also active uh, at the uh, Australian Pacing Gold uh, sale uh, on Sunday, which I visited for a couple of hours uh, during the afternoon just to see that the other side of racing and the sales there, and we'll mention another sale coming up in the show too. But best song, it's a your song, five-year-old mare, and uh, it's developing a pretty good record at this track because it's had two wins and two placings from only four starts. So certainly a galloper that's enjoying that Kilcoy circuit. Um, we talk about these young jockeys um, doing a, uh, a great job. Uh, there's also young trainers out there that are, uh, are moving along quite well. And the win of Master Plan, Tony, um, I saw on the social media, Brad Stewart 
had his second training winner. It was also the same horse he, he trained his first winner at uh, Stanthorpe earlier in the year. And the horse Master Plan by Sidestep and that particular stallion going extremely well at the moment for Telemon Stud. Um, this horse has had three wins from 21 and Joanna McGrath um, kicking at home. A family affair there for, I think Brad had uh, the kids there on board for the, the day. Defeated Craigley Etna by a widening five lengths and uh, Rathiro SG. So good on you, Brad Stewart. Great to see him developing that role in the training ranks. And just mentioning that, that breeding side of things, you look at the results for Telemon Stud. Jungle Law on Friday, uh, of course, a Jungle Cat. Second at Eagle Farm. Pivotal Lad, a sidestep. One at Eagle Farm on Friday. First up uh, for Tony Gollan. So sidestep having a real role. And Telemon Stud's also a part owner in V8. Uh, mind, mind you, won the Group 2 Australia uh, handicap at um, Mooney Valley. So congratulations, Dan Fletcher and Ray Fletcher and the team down there at Telemon. Uh, great to see the results are getting, but I'm sure you picked up that with Brad Stewart on social media. Uh, Tony, with Master Plan, nice little win. Mm, good to see that uh, Master Plan was able to post another winner there for Brad. Had its first win, I think, at an Ipswich midweek meeting and has had, oh, eight or nine, something like that starts with Brad. So, yeah, certainly making that uh, transition into the uh, the winner's stall as a trainer rather than a jockey. And you mentioned Justin Stanley going near, wide and far. It wouldn't be a week without uh, Jed going to Rockhampton and riding a double as he did on Thursday. But so did Justin Huxtable and so did Ryan Wiggins, who combined with Liam Birchley for a pair. On Tuesday last week, Sarai Chan Hampton and Colin Cranon each rode a double. The Sunday program at Cairns, Mackenzie Appel combined with Georgie Holt for a duo there, as did Ryan Wiggins and Steve Massingham combined for a double at the Sunday meeting at Cannon Park. And then yesterday at Warwick, Anthony Allen rode a double. So it's been a week of multiple wins at the uh, the TAB provincial meetings for our jockeys as well, Rob. Yeah, and Soraya Champkin, let's concentrate on this uh, young lady for a moment. She rode Beerez for Wayne Nugent, the four-year-old man by Deep Field in the Benchmark 50 at Kilcoy. Now, she had a double, as you said, at Ipswich on Saturday, a double at Gatton on the 23rd of January. She won at Warwick on the 15th of January. She won at Ipswich on the 13th of January. She won at Kilcoy on the 11th of January and back on the 16th of December, a double at Toowoomba. So a real mm. red-hot roll for Soraya going on there and... Um, uh, she defeated Nikki Olzard, who's also riding very well, and her claim's down to two kilos in the country uh, in that particular race on Beerez. So Soraya Champkin um, going extremely well in the jockey ranks. Um, jockeys such as Nathan Thomas continue to support these meetings, and he got the win with the Mazabeel for Tony Hayden, a love conquers all. And the other win on the program was Autumn Glow, which was... Now, I'm pretty sure this is correct. The first winner for Ben Lang, uh, training there, Autumn Bloom. I could only find several runners for Ben. So I'm pretty sure it's his, it's his first run for the stable, this horse, and first winner for Ben, a four-year-old mare by Suberg, ridden by Aidan Thompson, defeating the two cutest uh, money earners, Worthy SG and Isle, Isle of Booty. So a few notable achievements coming out of that one non-TAB meeting. Uh, country meeting. We'd almost got the point over the last couple of weeks, Tony, of wondering if we had any non-TAB country <laughs> meetings. I'm glad you mentioned in the little uh, sheet that you email out that, yeah, Kilcoy, we better cover the Kilcoy results and Concells and the job. They do a great job out there at Kilcoy, one of those renowns, the Mooney Valley of the North, of course, doing a great job. And before I do forget, a, a big shout out to our, our listeners and uh, people in the northwest of Queensland, there's been huge amounts of rain. I notice in the social media, uh, Kainuna and the Kainuna, the Blue Healer Hotel, which is uh, positioned 
uh, between uh, Winton and Cloncurry, virtually underwater after I think something like three to four hundred mils of rain. So our thoughts are with you. But the countryside, I mean, it goes from drought to flood. Uh, the countryside will benefit down the track. We we certainly hope everyone's safe and sound. And and also a big congratulations to uh, legendary uh, country jockey, of course, uh, provincial and country standard jockey, and Dan Ballard. I see Tony that Dan is standing as a independent member in the local elections coming up in Mount Isa. He's always yeah. been very community-based and community-minded, uh, not only in racing. We wish Dan well in that. And just good to see, giving so much back to his community. Well done, Dan Ballard. I uh, hope you do well in that election. Racing for the week ahead, tab programs Thursday at Townsville, Friday at Bowen, and then Saturday, Toowoomba and Bundaberg each host tab meetings. And the non-tab programs coming up on Saturday across Queensland include the Cannonball Flying Meeting at Bunya Park Dolby, plus racing at Emerald and Innisfail. And also heat two of the uh, Bill Holland series in South Australia will be the Sejuna Cup with their non-tab program coming up on the weekend. We'll be following that Bill Holland series as well as the Limestone Coast series through South Australia. But also, Rob, coming up through the uh, the coming weeks into February, uh, the cutest dual qualifiers will link into the cutest uh, March sales that you can mention in just a moment. But also, we're going to be then kicking off in March into the first of the Burn It to the Beach series heats. The first of those will be at Gympie on March 2nd. Uh, we'll be lining up also, uh, before we know it, into the uh, Magic Millions Far North Queensland Rob Kosh Memorial Up and Coming Stairs series. That will be kicking off at the end of March at Inesley and all of the Battle of the Bush heats are not too far away either. There's uh, going to be plenty of those that we'll be talking about in the weeks ahead. So racing is about to ramp up, but tell us about the March sale. Yeah, the March sale, a little bit earlier, if I recall, with dates uh, coming up this year. It's on the 11th and 12th of March and the catalogue will be coming out online uh, very shortly. Uh, we look forward to that every year. And, of course, uh, great results. Uh, you go back to the great buffering coming through this sale quite a few years ago. Apache uh, Chase comes through it. So it's it's a sale that has plenty of value to it. It'll be interesting to see how the trend of sales go after the Magic Million sale that occurred in January. Um, but that's one we always look forward to. Look out for catalogues that they'll send out for that particular sale. Of course, the key thing is it's cutest. And I think there's still the discount for the Magic Millions pay-up that goes on, but don't quote me on that. It's usually a half-price payment in regard to the Magic Millions pay-up with the cutest sale. So it's a, a great value sale, and it's, it's attended well and truly across the state uh, from Brisbane right through to Cairns and west uh, to this sale because the value's there. But the, I noticed one change this year, uh, the Capricornia yearling sale, now, that one um, is coming up on... Uh, I'll get the date right on this one, Tony. I'll just find my sheet here. It's coming up on Sunday, the 7th of April. And my memory serves me correctly. I always felt there was very little gap between the March one and the Capricorn yearling sale because I could remember I'd go back to Longreach after buying something in the March one and I'd always tune in on the Sunday and think, oh, it'd be nice to go to the Capricorn yearling sale, but we've spent the money. Um, so there's a bit of a gap this year, and I think that might suit both sales. So Sunday the 7th of April, the uh, 2024 Capricorn yearling sales. Now, the nominations close for this on uh, Wednesday close of business, 31st of January, which, of course, is tomorrow. Uh, they've 70 entries so far, and all you've got to do is log on to uh, 
www.magicmillions.com.au for sales details. Of course, the selling agent is Magic Millions, and all nominations are via Magic Millions online. Of course, we all know graduates have included River Lad with a Stradbroke and Rothfire, the King of the Mountain winner recently. So again, plenty of value, and they have those um, those tied races, the two-year-old and three-year-old races that link to this sale as well that are, are held in Rockhampton. But I think it's also good that the, they're coming under the umbrella of Magic Million conducting the sales, as was the Australian Pacing Goal Series uh, sale done at the Magic Millions Complex on the uh, on Sunday just gone. So uh, I think it gives a, a lot of consistency in, uh, in presentation, in bidding, and the ability to do online bidding, etc. So look out for that. But if you still would like to nominate, 70 entries so far, but by tomorrow, close of business, you need to get that nomination in. And uh, you nominate via Magic Millions Online. We really look forward to the excitement of that yearling time again, Tony. We're going to be looking forward to the uh, Kangaroo Island Cup coming up next month. Last week, uh, not the weekend just gone, but the one before, it was the racing at the Signet meeting on Kingscote uh, with doubles to Zoe Lloyd and Siren Falk. But we thought we'd wind the clock back 12 months. And here's Hamslip winning the 2023 Kangaroo Island Cup. Well, it's going to be survival of the fittest here. Fulton Street, the top, he leads them past the 600. Two lengths clear of Splash, some cash who's been doing all the chasing. Ammo Amore sliding into it three wide. As they work into the bend, Hamslet's four out. Aussie Sojourns coming into it five wide. They're about to turn the corner. Hamslet takes the lead. Aussie Sojourns a length away, starting to join in. Splash, some cash not done with. They turn. Leader Hamslet trying to get away from them. Kicking back, Splash, some cash. Aussie Sojourn can't quite reach them. Inside the 100, Hamslet in front from Splash Some Cash, Aussie Sojourn. Hamslet's in front, though. It's got about 50 metres to go. Hamslet's going to win the Kangaroo Island Cup. Splash Some Cash, how brave was he? He gets second. Photo third, Aussie Sojourn, who just... Hamslet winning there for Brittany Wong, and the the horse was then in the stables of James and Lisa Dodgson, which it has been for a little while. Uh, It's had a handful of runs since that uh, win back in February, but I see it's now transferred to the stables of Nicole Irwin as we welcome Tim Edwards to Bushbeat this week, looking ahead to the February Carnival for 2024. G'day, Tim. Yeah, hello, Tony. Uh, Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. We've, uh, as we said, we had the uh, racing at the Signet meeting a uh, week before last. Uh, just a little bit of a uh, wet the whistle, getting ready for what's coming up in February. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, we had a meeting over there a couple of weeks ago, and um, look, everything went to went to plan. And um, yeah, as you said before, there was a couple of uh, doubles there for Siren Fork and, and Zoe Lloyd, and you know the uh, the traditional trainers that support that meeting. Um, you know, like the likes of Trevor Day and Kim Healy and Paula Trenwith and. Uh, uh, probably forgetting a couple here, but, um, you know, uh, Nicole Irwin, of course, with a stack of runners that she brings over. So it was great to see all the uh, the locals back over there again. And no doubt um, we're only, uh, I think, two and a half weeks away from the KI Cup Carnival. So it's coming around fast. And um, we were going to have Mark Turner on the show um, this morning, um, Tony, but we're going to have Greg Miller, who is the, uh, I believe his actual official role is the treasurer of the uh, of the Kangaroo Island Racing Club. So Greg's going to join me right now, in fact. Good morning to you, Greg. Good good to speak. Greg, um, mate, uh, obviously we were over there a couple of weeks ago and that's sort of the uh, the meeting to blow out all the cobwebs. Um, I think everything ran pretty smoothly, didn't it? It did, yeah. No, it's uh, it's always get good to get the first one out of the way. And if there are any issues, that gives us a bit of time to sort them out for the uh, TAB meetings. But no, everything went pretty smoothly. 
and uh, we're pretty happy with the results. One thing I did notice over there, Greg, was uh, a couple of little changes. Obviously, the, the bookmakers and the tab area coming together. That was obviously a smart idea to bring everything together there. Yes. No, that, uh, that also saves us a bit of money in bringing over a, a tab down on the boat. Um, yeah, no, the only disappointment was that uh, the TAB was supposed to have had the uh, betting on the local races, but they let mm. us down and hadn't loaded it onto the system. Yeah, right, OK. So, um, obviously, the, the the meetings in February are tab-covered anyway, so yes. um, there'll be no problem at all. So, um, now, we've got, uh, what are we, two and a half weeks away from day number one. We're talking here about um, the, the Thursday meeting. Uh, now, yep. that's coming up, uh, is that the 15th uh, from memory, Greg? Yep, 15th, Thursday the 15th. <clears throat> OK, so that's always day one. So we're normally getting sort of seven or eight races on that day. The gates open at 11am. Now, a lot of the people like to come over uh, on the island and spend two or three days over there. And this is sort of day one of the, the carnival. Um, I'm guessing accommodation-wise, um, is, is there much still available, Greg? Do you know? Uh, it's getting very tight, Tim. Uh, uh, I know our, one of our major sponsors, the Ozone, it's booked out. Uh, obviously, we have some events that we hold hold there over the the uh, four days, and uh, that always proves very popular. But no, very difficult to get accommodation in Kingscote at the moment. You probably need, if you want to get somewhere, you probably need to go a little bit further afield. Mm. Yeah, potentially American River or somewhere down yeah, at Penishore yeah. or something. So, yeah, um, so, so Thursday's day one. Um, obviously, that's a traditional race day. Um, we also have a cocktail party on the Thursday night. Now, I was reading somewhere is Greg Miles the special guest there this year? He is. Yeah. So, legendary race caller uh, Greg mm. Miles is coming over to join us as our guest for the Thursday, the Thursday cocktail party and then in the long lunch on the Saturday. So him and his wife are coming across mm. um, and he's got some quite good stories to tell. So I encourage everybody to get along and listen to the interview with him. Yeah, definitely. So you see, we'd have some fabulous stories to tell over his career, Greg Miles. And um, what about tickets for that event? Um, you can buy them on the night. How much are they for the uh, the cocktail party? Uh, the cocktail party is 65. Uh, race club members get a 10% discount and you order them directly through the Ozone Hotel, Aurora Ozone Hotel. Okay. All right. So that's day one taken care of. You've got the races and then the cocktail party. Now, the intermission day on day two is normally a day that if you are staying, it's a great time to get around the island and sightsee a little bit. But Dudley Winery's always got an event on which starts from 1 o'clock. Now, Dudley Winery's down at Penishore, so for those people who are coming over on the ferry, uh, it's a, a very short trip up the road to the Dudley Winery. So they've got a big day planned. And then, of course, um, at night time, there's the Calcutta, which is back in Kingscote, Greg. It is, yes. Uh, it's uh, one of our successful events that we're running each year, so... We've started to sell tickets for that already and uh, I had somebody ring me up last night wanting to buy tickets. Um, we normally get a very uh, reasonably sized pool of around about $16,000. So uh, it's a good event. Lots of uh, uh, punters trying to buy a horse or draw a horse in the sweepstakes. So uh, it, it goes off very well. 
Mm. That's at the Aurora Ozone on the Friday night. Now, uh, for those people who haven't been before, so if you're thinking about going to the uh, the Dudley Winery at Penishore, it's about a 45-minute drive, isn't it, between Penishore and Kingscote, Greg? Kingscote, that's right, yep, yes. Yeah, and so you can... Go on. The, the, uh, we start selling tickets at the Ozone on the Friday night uh, at around about half past five. We sell them on the Thursday at the races and at the cocktail party Thursday night. But the actual Calcutta starts at around about 8.30. So when we draw the horses, the sweet draw goes, starts to 8.30. Mm-hmm. And then we move into the auction after that. Yeah, it's a big day. If you can do the the, the double, it's, uh, you're certainly uh, doing well. Uh, Dudley Winery, Greg, um, I know Dudley Wines are one of the major sponsors there at the club, but, uh, look, I've been there a couple of times, and it, it is one of the most sensational wineries I've been to, only because... Look, the wine's great, the food's great, but the views... I, I don't think I've been to a winery with such amazing views ever. Yeah, it's magnificent looking across the water there to the mainland. Uh, you, like you say, I, I haven't been to a winery that's got views like Dudley has. Mm. And uh, and Jeff Howard's uh, been a great supporter of our race club for many, many years. Um, and uh, him and his family do it very well. Are they still doing the golf there across the they gully? They do, yes. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. yeah so, so for those people who haven't been before, Dudley Winery, obviously you, you, you play a bit of golf and you, you, you hit a ball that is sort of between the gullies and you tee off up near the winery and the ball disappears, doesn't it? It does, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no, a bit it's, of fun. It is a bit of fun. And uh, no, they have a great event there and they have, they're a great family, great supporter of the club. And I encourage everyone, either on their way across or when they're going home, to at least call in and, and have a look. It's a, it's a great venue. Mm, definitely. So, And then, of course, on Saturday is the big one, the Cup Day. Now, what about marquee packages? I know these pretty much sell out straight away. Is there anything left, Greg? Unfortunately not. We're, very, we're in a great position. Our long lunch, which we increased the numbers in the long lunch to 400 this year, mm. and it sold out in October. And wow. uh, pretty much most of the marquees were gone in November. I think I had one cancellation through illness and we have a list of people waiting to take up marquees. And so that was very quickly taken up. But um, we're restricted with, this, with our shape and size of our courses to what we can do. The marquees are now pretty much stretching down to the uh, 1880 start. And mm. because of the river running behind the race course, there's not a lot of room to move. No, no, but um, obviously general admission tickets are still available. $26 per adult, is that right, and kids under 16 free? That's right, and uh, if you want to save $5 per head, you can go and pre-book with C-Link and you get a $5 discount. And for those people who can't get over for the three days, um, you can certainly go across up and back in the same day. A C-Link run multiple ferries uh, during the morning and... You can get over there and you can get back on the same ferry, uh, you know, that comes back late at night. I think it's about a 7.30 ferry. So for those that people is, that yeah. do want to come down, there's buses as well that run from Penishaw, um to the racetrack on the day. So just get in touch with C-Link. Do you have a number for C-Link there at all, Greg? Oh, Tim, you've caught me right on the hop. <laughs> I don't all right. know what you're That's um, all right. I'll see if I can find one here in the meantime. But We, we, um, we, also, we also have a free uh, shuttle bus service from Kingscote to the race course and back in the morning and mm-hmm. in the afternoon once the races are finished. So we encourage everyone to leave their cars in Kingscote and drive um, and get on the shuttle bus 
and uh, that way you won't have any problems. No, for sure. And that number for Sealink, 13 13 01. So 13 13 01, you can give them a call and get in contact with them. And uh, if you want to come over for the uh, for the day, um, leave your car over there at Cape Jarvis in Adelaide and, and get on the boat, or you can chuck your, your car on the boat if there's enough space. Um, yep. And they'll bring your car over for you as well, and you can travel in style to the uh, to the races on the Saturday. So, Greg, it's only a couple of weeks away, mate, but by the sounds of it, all the marquees are booked out, the tickets are flowing well, uh, and it sounds like we're going to get another monster crowd again. Well, we, uh, we're hoping for that. Um, it's one of the single... Well, it is the single biggest event held on the island each year, and it attracts, like I know last year, we bought 140 horses across from mm. the mainland to race, and mm. uh, and the economy on the island is greatly benefits from uh, the races. Fashions on the field, we've got over five and a half thousand dollars in prizes for fashions on the field. Uh, sea, uh, the Southern Ocean Lodge give us accommodation down there for the winner. The Seafront Group they supply the runner-up prize. We've got uh, millinery prizes from Emu Bay Lavender Farm and Emu Bay Fishing Charters has put up a day's fishing charter for the best dressed male so right. lots of prizes in fashions on the field and um, yeah, it's, it's starting to be the event's growing each year and it's just mm. it's such a huge thing for the island oh no doubt about it uh, we're looking forward to getting back over there again, uh, again greg um look thanks for your time mate and uh obviously rest up because it's going to be a, a busy period coming up your way shortly it will be tim and thank you very much for having the chat no worries. Thanks there, Greg. Greg Miller there from the Kangaroo Island Racing Club. Tony, it's only a couple of weeks away, and as I was just saying uh, on air, um, it's not just about the races. There's, there's so much more to do there on the island, and uh, I don't think we even mentioned half the stuff, but there's um, right near the racetrack, there's some sand dunes uh, that the kids can go on. You know, it's not far from the racetrack. You've got a gin factory, a, a honey factory. There's, um, a, a, I think, there's a distillery there as well. Uh, they're all within sort of, you know, half an hour to an hour's drive. Then nothing's really that too far away. So um, if you can get over there for three days, I know it's hard for people to get away, but if you can get over there for three days, it's uh, one of the best three days you'll have, I think. Rob, we've often said that uh, this, we've got many meetings that are on the bucket list, but I think this has to be one of them. And it's amazing to think that it's uh, been something like 141 years that uh, Kangaroo Island has been racing, but uh, certainly going to have to be one that we recommend that everyone gets along to. Yeah, the two Ks, Kangaroo Island and King Island. Um, mm. I think they're both on the bucket list. And I know the um, Kangaroo Island, it's sort of one of those ones. There was even tour groups that went from Longreach one year over to that, and I think they had a pretty good time, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, no Tim, doubt about it. I think anyone who goes to Kangaroo Island, fellas, I think they have a great time over the carnival period. And most people get off, uh, you know, they, they finish their trip this year and they automatically book it immediately for next year so they don't miss out on accommodation. Mm. Tim, thank you for joining us with that with Greg this morning and giving us a little bit of insight into what's coming up with the Kangaroo Island Sealink Cup Carnival February 15 and 17. We'll catch up soon. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, boys. And as we said, Rob, the other KI wrapped up on the weekend with the uh, fly-in day for King Island. And uh, we're going to check in with Duncan Dornoff to see what happened there and see who was awarded Horse of the Year, Trainer of the Year and Jockey of the Year from the, uh, the carnival that's been going through since December. But first, let's listen back to what happened in one of the features there at King Island on the weekend in the Southern Airlines Gallery. Five minutes left to go past the old pump shed. They work. And the front runner, De Bruyne, a line of three. Screw Creek narrowly. Then follow 
Road on the outside, Miss Bondi. Back on the inside, run, Callan Run, who kicks through. Leader has been safe. One sprint at them as they turn. Top of the home straight, 250 metres left to gallop. The now coming three wide is Lindrum. Into the home straight, they work. In front, the inside run, Callan run. The outside now comes Lindrum, who joins in out three wide. Lindrum going to the lead. Screw Creek tries to go with it. But Lindrum, lovely ride by uh, Hannah LeBlanc. And Lindrum goes home to the score and wins it by a length and a half on the line. Lindrum first. I'd say the inside second run, Callan run. Just from Screw Creek. Yes, spot on, Maddie Robertson with the call there and getting the photo right. Lindrum defeating Run, Callan Run and Screw Creek in the galloping plate over 2,600 metres. And I love hearing the crowds cheer when we replay big races like that. Duncan Dornoff has been our kangaroo, our kangaroo, our King Island correspondent all the way through the carnival, which wrapped up on the weekend with that fly-in day. Welcome back to Bushbeat, Duncan. Yeah, pleasure to be back, Tony. And uh, we'll just acknowledge Matt Robertson, who did uh, call that program. He tipped the card, the five thoroughbred winners, the wow. three pacing races were all on his on-top selection. So uh, I know uh, his partner, Mel, certainly put a dent in the bookies bag. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you often hear of, uh, well, jockeys, particularly they might ride the program, but it's great to hear that the caller and the tipster um, does the same. Um, Duncan, I, uh, I saw the first couple of results. Uh, Tommy Doyle, of course, continuing on from that previous week and delightful Dodger and Wholesome again getting the win. I thought he might have went close to the jockey of the series, but I don't think he, he snared that award, did he? No, he just missed out. Cody Jordan took out that award. Uh, she had a very good start to the season with a couple of doubles and trebles. So uh, she, she's put up that big lead in the early part of the season. Tommy finished off well, but just missed out. So... Uh, yeah, both had very good seasons on the island. I guess the question to ask then is who was Jockey of the Year? Uh, well, no, you said that, Cody Jordan. Who was Trainer of the Year and who was Horse of the Year? Yeah, Trainer of the Year was Robert Keyes. He had another great season capped off by that Minus Rest Cup victory last Saturday week. He's been the dominant trainer in my short time of calling King Island Racing. And Swazimoto was the horse of the year. He raced every meeting, recording three wins and two second placings from seven starts. Uh, Tammy Muir prepares uh, Swazimoto. And, of course, uh, I mentioned last week, she uh, always uh, had a good uh, run in the back half of the season. So this year, she decided to get the horses in work a little bit earlier and uh, have performed well throughout the season. Yeah, wholesome. I was just particularly intrigued with that win. He backed up well from the previous week. Another win on the board for uh, Robert Keyes and Tommy Doyle. Yeah, well, the horse he beat in that Minus Fresh Cup was Meryl Privileges. There's only a nose between them in that Minus Fresh Cup. But it was a, a half neck on Saturday between the pair. They put up a great battle in the straight. So uh, certainly uh, good to see those horses put up a great battle a few weeks uh, apart and looking forward to seeing where their future lies. We see most horses from the King Island season ever come to mainland Tasmania and compete in uh, some of the lower-rated races. And we also see a few head to Victoria and compete on the picnic season. So I'd uh, anticipate those two horses will be heading one of those two ways. Hmm. Yeah, delightful Dodger kicked off that uh, program. Bill Hayes, I've seen that name occur quite a bit uh, through the program. Another Nakoni uh, getting a good win. He was pretty consistent through the whole campaign. Yeah, that was his maiden win on uh, Saturday. Hard to believe when you do look at his form because he hadn't been far away. And as we touched on, Bill Hayes making that big commitment from Forbes in western New South Wales to make the boat trip from Geelong to Devonport and then on the barge from uh, the far northwest coast there at Stanley across the King Island. So he certainly deserves all the success, Bill Hayes, and it's good to see him there with another win on Saturday. 
the final parts of the program. Gee, some well-named horses, I thought, the last two. Squazzy Moto and Axel Batch Foley. Now, that takes me back to a particular movie, I think, Tony, Axel Batch Foley. I was intrigued by that name to see if there was anything linking to the uh, the breeding, but uh, what can you tell us about those two, Duncan? Yeah, yeah, Axel Batch Foley, that was his first win of the season. His second win overall, he's prepared by Jim Taylor, who's been a, a legend of King Island racing for some time, so... Good to see that horse in the winner's list in a blanket finish. It was only uh, just over a length between all five mm. in that race. So, uh, yeah, good to see Jimmy have a good season. He had a lean trot to pass too, so good to see him bounce back with a couple of winners there on uh, Saturday. Axel Foley, of course, Eddie Murphy's character out of the Beverly Hills Cop movies. Mm. He's about to reprise once more. Not sure where the batch comes from or where the actual inspiration for the name comes from by Seamus Ward out of the Mare Power Bird. Doesn't really sort of link too much, but we don't need to link it all the way back to the uh, the breeding all the time to be able to try and work out where some of these names come from. Sometimes they're uh, put together from you know, people's likes or favourites or you know, whether it's a musical influence or a movie influence or something like that. But yeah, there's often names like that, Rob, that really catch the imagination. They do, and you tend to get a bit of a cult following of some of them. I'd say that one's had a bit of a movie influence, Duncan, uh, coming through that name line. Yeah, I'd certainly uh, agree, Yeah. Uh... Yeah, you've, you've taught me something today, Rob, that's for sure. <laughs> Duncan, <laughs> we had seven... my age factor, I think, mate. <laughs> we had seven meetings through the carnival, uh, starting off with Ladies' Day back on the 2nd of December, Beef Day on the 16th, Racing on Boxing Day, and then Cup Day was held on the Monday of New Year's Day, January 1, uh, KO Recreation Day, January 13, the uh, last week, the Maritime Miners' Rest Cup Day, and then Fly-In Day last Saturday. Um, I don't want to say it's too much of a good thing, but seven's a big stretch for the uh, everyone involved in the facilities there to be able to get the carnival through, but well done to everybody involved, because... Because it's, it's no mean feat to be able to pull all of this together. Yeah, certainly a great, great job by a volunteer committee to, to you know, seven meetings, as you mentioned, that a lot of the uh, essential race day staff to be flying in and, and freight and all that. So, yeah, certainly a good job by, by all involved. One thing I've learnt from both um, King Island and Kangaroo Island, you just keep coming back to this notion of the importance of these meetings, these uh, carnival of meetings to local economies, to the social fabric, um, not only the participants getting there and that sort of thing, but both of them, I've just heard, uh, both have good golf courses available. <laughs> so the tourist side of it uh, becomes so important. And the second factor, particularly with King Island that you've reported on, Duncan, is the ageing population factor and the need for young people to keep getting involved in racing and committees, for these clubs to just keep going forward, which in turn help communities and help the tourist market in their area. Yeah, and the age of populations right across King Island and, uh, you know, the dairy farm is a bit of a cloud over that. At present, there's a new mine which has brought in a bit of optimism to the island. So that's the concern of King Island racing going forward. But I think we should be right the next season, but, you know, looking down the track, three, four, you know, ten years, uh, that's the big concern for King Island. Well, it's been wonderful to uh, be able to report on it over the uh, the past uh, couple of months while it's been rolling on. That's 2023-24 locked away. Now the countdown, and I'm sure Audrey and the busy team of uh, her committee there at the KI Racing Club will be uh, starting plans already, working on the 2024-25 carnival coming up in December. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you, you know, as, as we know, in one season finishes, the planning for the next one begins and I'm sure Audrey and the team will be uh, getting ready for that. I know they're unstocking the bar on Sunday and uh, mm-hmm. 
yeah, so I suppose it'll be all, all systems ahead for the planning for next season. Duncan, thanks for joining us right through the carnival and updating us on what's been happening on King Island. We'll chat soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Duncan Donoff there reporting in on what's been a very successful carnival over the past couple of months at King Island. And as you said, Rob, it really does highlight the importance of these uh, country carnivals to the local community, not just uh, financially but socially as well. And we've often said that on Bushbeat over the past 19 years or so, that uh, we've been... Uh, rocking on about uh, country racing that's much more than just horses going around in circles at a racetrack uh, there's so much more that happens in the area and in the community when there's a country race meeting on and look if you're a young person who can help or you're new to a community it's one of the best ways to get involved in any type of sport but you can get involved in racing you don't need to know too much about the thoroughbreds you'll get taught that along the way um, <coughs> and of course how to have a bet or whatever there's plenty of systems that will work for you but just getting involved and uh, taking a role in any sort of club and, and a race club is no different and the more youth that you get coming through tony new ideas come through and it just keeps building on on the uh, the background that's been there and the future can look bright for these uh, places because before we know it we're reporting on uh, king island and kangaroo island again uh, at the beginning of next year because we'll be well, we'll be approaching year number 22, I think, we've worked out next year. No, it's a, it's a flu, very fluid number. It keeps changing all the time, I'm sure, Could, mostly because we haven't <laughs> got memories that worked that well after all these years of how long we've been doing this. Well, I think we worked out we've definitely done 20, so I'd say we're entering uh, number 21 because it all commenced on Valentine's Day back in one of the years that your notes told you. So uh, <laughs> I'll keep working on that basis. Well, we'll keep working on uh, reporting on country racing again next week. Good luck to the clubs that are coming up this week. Tab meetings Thursday at Townsville, Friday at Bowen, Saturday Toowoomba and Bundaberg. Non-tab racing on Saturday, uh, Cannibal Flying Day at Dolby, plus the racing at Emerald and Innisfail. And that's all fingers crossed, weather permitting. As, as you said, Rob, plenty of wet weather around uh, central and northwest parts of the state. Plenty around in Brisbane overnight as well. as reports of anything up to 350 millimetres in some of the northwest suburbs uh, out like somewhere like Sanford, I think, had something like 346 mils in that rain bomb there last night, and plenty of others had mm. uh, something in the region of uh, four to five inches in the old scale. So, yeah, wet weather permitting, uh, along with all of the, the heat issues that we've had through the summer as well. Good luck to those clubs racing this weekend. Yeah, and before I, I go and come back next week, Tony, a shout-out to Pete McMullen, who I met at the Australian Pacing Goal Series, of course, a legendary name in, in pacing, and... Uh, uh, Johnny Mansman introduced me as uh, doing Bushbeat on Radio TAB and he said, oh, yeah, I listen to Bushbeat. I was a little bit surprised. He said, oh, no, you fo- uh, mobile rolling follows on from you guys, so I tune in <laughs> early. So good on you, Pete. Glad to hear that you keep tabs on the country racing and we won't hold up the, uh, the progress of mobile rolling by being late this morning. <laughs> good morning to you. Uh, good morning to listeners, uh, Tony, and uh, we'll be back next week. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Thank you to all of our guests today. Great to catch up with uh, Tim and Greg talking about Kangaroo Island and Duncan as well with King Island and looking back at what happened through the week. And yes, we'll be back next Tuesday to report on all of the country racing action once more on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.